Hello, and welcome to Serene Reflections, a podcast of Dharma Talks from the Wallawa Buddhist Temple. I am Rev. Clarissa Beattie, a Zen monk and Buddhist priest from the mountains of Northeast Oregon, where we practice contemplative meditation, the Chan of Bodhidharma, the Zen of Dogen, the Serene Reflection Meditation of Rev. Master G.U. Kennett. You are invited to let yourself grow naturally still, to let go of the world for a while. Join us in listening in sound, in listening in stillness, turning within to listen from the heart that seeks the way. In a Zen monastery, we have a number of verses posted or to hand, which we recite silently or aloud as we do the most basic of tasks. Brushing teeth, taking a bath, going to the toilet, eating a meal. Each of these daily activities is accompanied by a verse with a teaching specific to that activity. These verses remind us moment to moment that our every action has a result. That when we do even the simplest of ordinary things with the mind of meditation, the results are thousandfold. Here's the alms verse, one of those recited at mealtime. The two kinds of alms, material and spiritual, have the endowment of boundless merit. Now that they have been fulfilled in this act of charity, both self and others gain pleasure therefrom. We don't have to have a posted reminder of this. I can just do the turning, the remembering, the coming to stillness, the gathering in at the center of my being, the offering, the accepting. When I do this naturally, as I go about my daily life, when I let go of delusion, when I let go of greed, when I let go of anger, I am set free. We set ourselves free. 
Whatever the conditions when the world spins out of kilter, each of us can make a difference by returning to stillness right where we are. Again and again, starting with the most basic of actions, starting right before me, right now. Ceasing from the harm I was on the verge of doing. Doing the good I'm about to do. This is what benefits all beings. This is what clears the way. There is a bodhisattva, more ancient even than Buddhism, who is the clearer of paths. This is the one who, out of love, removes obstacles that block the way to liberation for all beings. Like an elephant, advancing steadily along a path, lifting logs out of the roadway with great strength and steadfast determination starting right now. When we make the offering of sweeping the porch or raking leaves from the drive or strewing gravel over an icy walkway, we are the clearer of paths. This job is one of the first assigned to new monks, and it's done taking care not just thoughtlessly pushing things out of the way. We take care with where we put the snow or duff or living beings on the path as we clear them out of the way. We take care how we treat the path itself and the tools we use to clear it, like the broom and the dustpan. It's not only practical help to have someone vacuum or dust or sweep. It reminds all of us, as well as the one doing the sweeping, that to get to the place where the work of the heart is done, it helps to clear the way. That clearing the way is the work of the heart. Clearing the way for ourselves and for those who have gone before for those who will come after. Reflect. In what ways might I clear the path to the temple of my heart? How might I set up conditions that make it straightforward for me to do my meditation practice? How might I encourage my own perceptual living? How might I go straight to the heart of what matters most, letting nothing get in the way of this? Sometimes it's a matter of just setting an alarm to wake up at a certain time, or not keeping certain materials in the house. 
Sometimes clearing the path means clearing my schedule or clearing my mind. Having my meditation place all set up and ready to sit in. Clearing the way, keeping the precepts, can involve taking new routes to arrive at an old destination, knowing that if I don't have to pass by certain places, I'll be less likely to give in to certain harmful indulgences. Clearing the way may mean also not going to some destinations I used to frequent, knowing that being in those places will involve behaviors I no longer wish to perpetuate, behaviors that cultivate greed, hatred, delusion, which are the impediments to my liberation from suffering. Responding to the beckoning of the precepts, the call of my heart's true wish, there may be new destinations. I may need to find my way along unfamiliar pathways to places I've never been before, but which I recognize as places where I find peace. Once I'm there, these new destinations become known to me by my turning and returning to them. These places where I cultivate compassion, love, and wisdom, where I let go of old habits, these new familiar places may become my places of peace. Places where the way is clear for me to find my sitting place within. Once having found my inner place of peace, wherever I may go, how may I keep the path clear for returning? How may I help sweep the path for the benefit not only of myself, but also for the benefit of others who turn and approach the place of peace, that we may all come to dwell in it in harmony together? Whether I sit with others in the temple or at home alone, there's a practice in our tradition of keeping my sitting place neat and clean. When I arise from meditation, I plump up my cushion and set it in the center of my mat. Or I set my bench or my chair straight and center my hand cushion on it before bowing to my sitting place and turning clockwise to bow outward. Why keep my sitting place neat? Why set my shoes straight at the door to the temple on entering? These actions remind me to set my heart straight, as it were. They bring the mind to this very place where my mind and body are one with Buddha nature. 
This teaching points out the bigger picture. I take care that my shoes that I'm placing here won't trip someone up. That my sitting place isn't spilling over into the persons next to me. That I don't create a hazard or distraction to myself or others. That the way is cleared. That nothing is blocking the way. Our practice of setting things straight, of handling objects around us with care, is for our own benefit as much as others. The presence, the care, not with obsession and also not without awareness, that presence and care is my offering, my practice. I'm clearing my own path as I walk it. When I was a young woman, one of my many jobs was in a car wash. Every day, one of the duties for someone on our crew at that small business was to sweep off the wide sidewalk along the busy road in front of this suburban car wash. At first, I thought this part of the job was a little silly because it was, after all, a car wash. The sidewalk just got dirty again over the course of the day, with the traffic dust and debris. We didn't get walk-in visitors through the main entrance to the waiting room, because customers drove onto the lot. Then they turned their car over to a worker who drove it through the wash tunnel for them, while they walked through an inner door to wait inside. But the front sidewalk was on the list for any one of us to sweep each morning. Noticing the sweeping often got overlooked, I made an effort to do it even though it meant a little extra work. One day, the owner stopped by to say how much he appreciated seeing the sweeping getting done, because it did affect how the business looked to people driving by and he said it actually mattered a lot to the other business owners on the street because it reflected on the whole neighborhood. When we look at things from a self-centered point of view, thinking solely of the effect of my actions for myself alone, we miss the effect on others and we stumble over self. When we ignore our own real needs while focusing exclusively on others, at some point the dismissed self will assert itself, sometimes quite destructively. When we include self and others, others as well as self, as we consider what's wise for all concerned, even in the little things, we clear the way for true peace, for harmony among beings, among these very beings here and now. Following the precepts, clearing the way, 
means following our conscience. We all have a conscience. It's not a judgmental conscience or a goody-two-shoes sort of conscience. It's the Buddha nature within. It's the knowing inside whether what I am about to do is a thing that is wise to do, a thing that will lead to true peace of heart. Do I heed this inner prompting? Living in this way is to live by the inner compass that swings toward north instead of toward whatever is bright and shiny or toward a magnet. We navigate by the wisdom of the Buddha instead of being swung around by selfish, short-sighted preferences. When young Reverend Jiyu had just come to practice with her teacher in a Soto Zen monastery in Japan, some there did not take seriously her genuine wish to train in Buddhism. Another young monk saw her pick up a broom and start helping him clean a room. You can use broom? he asked in surprise. Yes, of course, she said. He broke into a big grin. We can do real training together, he cried. Already you start at one side and me other. We will meet in middle and no more dirt. He was acknowledging her willingness to get down to doing the work of the heart and showing how delighted he was to meet her halfway. When we demonstrate our willingness to do the work, the universe rejoices and comes to meet us. In the ordinary living of my life, how may I come back to what brought me to be? How may I do the work within my heart? Doing the simplest of things with the mind of meditation from the heart of the precepts. Doing all that I do with great love and steadfast determination. Clearing the way for us all to true freedom and to peace.
Thank you for joining us in listening to Serene Reflections from the Heart that Seeks the Way. To learn more about this practice, including more about how to meditate, you are invited to visit our website at walawabuddhisttemple.org. Here, in the Kanzayan Shrine of our Meditation Hall, we offer the merit of our practice of serene reflection meditation to all beings, including you, wherever you may be.